Welcome to the Get More Success Show. He's a guy who never measured a man's success by the size of his wife. It's showtime. 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 And now, here is your host, Warwick Mary. Welcome back to another episode of the Get More Success Show with your host, Warwick Mary. Hey, now today we're talking to someone who is a brass musician in the military. Well, let's just say she was that. That was a very first job. But she's actually the digital conversationalist. She's the kind of girl who doesn't mix up words. And she also is very focused on making sure that we're focused on results and not letting rubbish get in the road, be it our mindset, be it red tape, be it just all the stuff that builds up. Uh, she is passionate about content marketing and making content that makes sense. Would you please welcome to the show the lovely Andrea Edwards. Well, thank you very much, Warwick. I'm delighted to be here and obviously I hope I can deliver some value to your audience. I'm certain that you will, <laughs> having had many a conversation with you. There's always a little nugget there. Now, yeah. I'm speaking to you. You're based in Phuket, yeah? I am. We moved here nine months ago, where mainly but basically for the boys to go to UWC in Thailand. Right. They've got a special program, which is, and I know you're, you're interested in, uh, what is it, neuroplasticity? Yes. So it's the Aerosmith program, which is all about rewiring the brain. So one of our boys was struggling to learn, and we're yep. like, all right, how do we solve this problem? Because nobody, nobody was solving it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so we came here, and um, it's weird. It's weird. Like, I, I'm not the person that had the dream to live on the beach one day. Uh, I know I, I like cities. But, um, you know, we're adjusting, meeting all sorts of quirky people. It's interesting who decides to come and live this life, right? So, and, you know, that's my passion for life is just the people that are in this world. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there's so many quirky ones out there. I love it. It's good. Hey, I'm going to start off with the question I always ask everyone is, how do you define success? Having done many things from working in the military, working in the corporate world, having a whole lot of clients there, running your own businesses, living all around the world, marrying a foreigner as people oh. do. And then living a pom. in how do you, I know a pom like of all well, people? No, trust me, um, I can't believe I married a pom. I oh, know. <laughs> Look, I'll let you into a secret. So did I. But let's just keep moving. Um, yeah. So, what? Um, how do you define success? Well, I, I love this question because uh, success to me is freedom, um, and it's really, really changed over time. So, I'll, I'll just a quick story. In 1995, I'm sitting in India with a bunch of backpackers, and we're all talking about our ambitions. What do you want to do with your life? And at that point, I was still very much, I want to be the CEO of something. Um, I didn't know what, but, you know, if I was going to be in it, I was going to be the boss, and I was going to be successful. Um, and um, there was this one guy who said his ambition was to be happy, and we all laughed at him. But I've got to tell you, ever since that conversation, and, and it's, it's so obvious, right? After, after, like, you think about it now, it's so obvious. But until that point in my life, I'd never thought about ambition as uh, uh, being aligned to happiness. But it's, it, it completely and fundamentally shifted me. And ever since then, I've, I've really been paying attention. Like, you know, the, the misery of the working life is not something I, 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 I don't want to be around it. I don't, I, so I want to be free. I want to be free. If I want to go to the boys' school concerts, I'm going to go to the boys' school concert. Um, you know, I want to get on a plane. I want to travel. I want to see the world. I want to meet people. So, yeah, so I define success as uh, creating as much freedom in your life based on what you define as freedom as you can possibly get. So that is a, is that a long answer for a, for a short question? No, no, that's a very short answer compared to others I've heard in the past uh, and a very good one too. So, so tell me a bit about your history. Like I know you've worked for organisations like 
uh, Boeing, Microsoft, and and some very, very big names. And I also know that you've run a couple of different businesses for yourself. So just give us the high-level pricey of your journey, starting as a brass player in the military. And how did you get from there to Phuket? Well, um, euphonium player, small tuba. Most people don't know what it is. I've played in brass bands my whole life. And as I I went to university, did music and ancient history, very useful subjects, obviously. Um, And as I was coming towards the end, um, some of the officers in the military at the time uh, recruited me. And I was like, yeah, I always saw myself in uniform. Um, Why not? Give it a go. Um, And that was a very interesting experience for my life. I think it taught me a lot about how to deal with all sorts of different types of people. So I actually do value it, but there was a lot of misery as well. Um, And then... um, uh, so it was two and a half years. They, yeah. I, they were getting rid of some bands while I was in there. They were making band musicians redundant, so I put my hand up because uh, I'm not a military girl, right? Um, but I value the experience, definitely. But while I was in the band, I started sort of organising concerts and doing PR and doing marketing. And then when I got out, I went into the aerospace industry. So the company is now owned by Boeing, but it was Aerospace Technologies of Australia. Loved it. Jumped on a plane, ended up in London right at the beginning of the technology revolution, you know, when Microsoft was really emerging. Um, so worked for Helen Lawton in London, some other agencies. Then um, the dot-com boom happened. So I jumped on a plane and landed in Boston. It was a super exciting time. A lot of the dot-coms were coming out of Boston, but I was also there for the crash, which, of course, coincided with 9-11. I was supposed to be in the World Trade Center the day that it happened. Um, so I always feel kind of connected to that. And then, I, yeah, I sort of jumped on a plane, travelled through Central America, get, got my head back together because it was a really, I don't know if you remember, it was a very destabling time for the world. Mm, mm. Uh, turned up in Australia um, and then IDC, the IT research firm, offered me a job to run marketing services for Asia Pacific, but I had to move to Singapore. I was in my 30s, and I, early 30s, and I thought, well, white girl in Singapore, that's it, okay, I'm going to do it, I'm going to take the job, but obviously any idea of marriage, man, kids, all that stuff, probably not going to happen, so... To keep following the journey where it takes you. And um, four months later, I met my husband and we've got two kids. So that, that, that idea was obviously wrong. But um, yeah, so marketing services for IDC is essentially what content marketing is defined as today. Um, and then, you know, I set my own business up, but it was the crash of 2008. And um, that's when I really started looking into content marketing, really understanding the philosophy of it and really embracing it. And I started blogging about it and started talking about it, but I was still five, six, seven years too early. So um, I, I realised I needed to get a job. So I, got, I joined the communications team at Microsoft. And that job was awesome for so many reasons. I love Microsoft. I love working with Microsoft. But it gave me my confidence back in my ideas. Um, so I really relished that. But also it gave me a chance to look inside a large global organisation and to say, why isn't content marketing being embraced yet? Why, people, why can't people see what I see? Um, and after that, I went to a content marketing agency which is now called John Brown Novus, and that was a fantastic agency, beautiful content being created by, by the, um, the talent there. But I kept seeing this, this, this lack in business and for content marketing to succeed, for the story of the business and the story of the people to be, to be successful, it needs to be embraced by every single person in the business. Um, so it's not something the marketing team can do in isolation. The sales team need to get involved. You know, what is the concern of the customer today? Well, the marketing person isn't going to necessarily know that, but the salesperson is. So I really see content marketing as this total transformation of business. You have to get rid of the silos, um, you know, because customers don't care about silos anyway, right? That's a very internal thing. But if you can get your people to turn them and turn them into social leaders, creating their own content, actively participating on social media, 
They ex- they're more externally focused, so they listen to the pulse of their industry and they understand more what's going on outside. But internally, it, it really transformed the way um, business is done. And it's been amazing. Like, I'm working with some really big global brands um, like IBM and, you know, people are more engaged in the business. They trust the business. They're more loyal to the company. But it's also, it's also bringing in huge customer wins, um, new partnerships, new alliances. So it's unbelievably powerful, but we're really only at the real, right at the beginning mm. of, of, of what I call the social leadership revolution. So, so one of the things that you and I have talked about, and this is what you're doing with some of your clients, is you're working with the C-suite of, of execs. And yeah. basically getting them to talk about themselves. And typically C-suite don't do that. They'll talk about strategic directions and business goals and visions for the future, but they yeah. won't talk about themselves personally. What impact is that having and how hard is that to get them to do? Uh, it's actually surprisingly easy if the culture is not too prescriptive, right? So the problem with the C-suite is they've grown up in an era where they've been protected behind PR walls, right? So everything's massaged and perfected before it goes into the public domain. But we've seen a lot of C-suite execs around the world get really, get really pummeled by not being authentic in their responses to a crisis. So, you know, the VP of one of the uh, VC firms in, the, in San Francisco was accused of sexual harassment. Um, and so they issued a press release. Well, everybody went to town because it wasn't good enough. This VP then issued a blog, but it was, it was too manufactured. And then the third response was him going, I'm just really sorry, I've screwed up, I've done the wrong thing. And he needs to start with that, right? So I, I mean, it's obviously, it depends on the executive. Some people don't want to get personal at all, and you don't have to get personal. But I always say by, by 2020, 50% of the workforce will be millennials. And the number one quality that they're looking for in an organisation is culture. How do you give them access to culture? By giving them access to the humans in your business. How do you give them that? But, but, but by engaging. So one of the blogs that I loved working with uh, one of the execs at IBM, his son's in LA uh, learning how to be a rock star, right? And he wrote this blog called Eclipse by My Son and it's the journey of him teaching his son music and then his son absolutely superseding him and he's, he's, he's going to be world famous, right? Um, but it was a real vulnerability moment for him. But at the same time, he also talked about how he loves running into people that used to work for him who are now eclipsing him in, in the business world. So you can always tie a personal message. And this, this example, people want to meet with him. Customers want to talk to him because they want to get to know the person behind that blog, right? So it opens up this door to the humans of business. And it's, it's, it's the most powerful thing companies can do today. So we can't manufacture it anymore. Mm. You know, PR... As, as a function needs to really radically transform because it's still too much about controlling the message. And one of the things that people do get confused about is that they think um, people will, employees will go out there and talk about things um, that they shouldn't be talking about. Well, the reality is the only thing an employee shouldn't be talking about is, especially for publicly listed companies, they shouldn't be talking about things that can impact the valuation of the business, right? But they shouldn't be talking about those things anyway because they're boring. They should be talking about real things like what does the customer care about? What's my customer problem and how can I help them solve it? And really addressing the concerns of their audience, whoever that is, and it's very different for everyone. But it goes across the board, right? So it's not just talking about customer issues because if, if you try and get all of your employees out there being a mouthpiece for your brand, they're going to tell you no. Or the ones that say yes are the ones that you don't want to do it because we've all got those friends on Facebook, right, who are spouting out this company information and you want to smack them in the head because you'd rather look at their kids or their puppy or their kitten because 
that's what Facebook for is for us, right? So there's a lot of people doing a, a poor job on social media because they're not really thinking it, about it from the audience perspective. Um, but even on LinkedIn, you know, people just shouting stuff at us, right? We're not, we, we're not, none of us want to be shouted at. Mm. It's about creating conversation. It's about collaboration. It's about sharing information that you really value because it means something to you. So, you know, like CSR information. So the really good work that companies are doing, building wells in Sri Lanka. You know, those, those are the sort of stories that employees want to share about their company because it makes them feel proud to work for the company. So it's about fo- the companies need to focus on creating beautiful information that employees feel proud to share. But equally, companies need to support their employees who are out there who want to stand for something, who want to be eminent in their field. Um, and that can be a foodie blogger because mm-hmm. if you've got foodie bloggers working for your company, that makes your company super cool. And those millennials want to work a company, work for a company that embraces the whole person, right? So it's sort of a culmination of all of these things that everyone talks about. Why are you laughing at me? Uh, I'm just, it's because it's uh, one of the biggest issues that, that organizations have now is engagement. Yeah. Engagement with their staff. You know, I think some of the research is only about, is it 10% are actually engaged, about 4% uh, actively damaging or, di- you know, actively disengaged and then there's a middle who are like meh whatever yeah so it sounds like and and correct me if i'm wrong here but having be it managers or c-suites or or leaders in between share a bit of authenticity about themselves and maybe some of the stories of what their organization is doing and the end impact but essentially getting to know the individual their values how they operate so it's not just a, a a pr statement or a board statement yeah What's impact is that having on the engagement of the of the overall team? Well, it's a two-way street. So employee engagement with the people that I've been working with is definitely going up. Um, one of the things, especially in the tech industry, it's been a bit shaky for a while. So people feel more in control of their career and their path. Uh, people are getting promoted based on the fact that as their profile rises um, and they're bringing more value to the business, they're, they're getting more internal recognition. So they feel more uh, supported, more appreciated. And if you can get the C-suite to also be actively engaging with the employees who are, who are engaging on social media. So this is something that didn't happen, right? So in the, in the good old days, which is not that long ago, the only voice of a company that is valued is the, se- is the senior executive team, right? Um, and that's the only team that gets supported. But we've all got a voice now. We can all go out there and claim our space, our little piece of real estate in the digital world, right? Mm. And, and encouraging the employees to go out there and own it from their perspective, like what's important to them, because it's got to be heart-driven as well as mind-driven. Because if, if it's just mind, no, there's no commitment behind it, right? Or mm. if it's just saying go out and share our company's information, people don't want to do it because it's boring. Nobody wants to bore their audience, right? So give them... Give them help to help them find their focus because it's all about your personal focus, right? Um, and uh, the more focused you are, you get known for something. People come to you because you're the person that knows about whatever topic it is that you want to be a specialist in. So if you're in the tech industry, you might want to be the blockchain person or you, be, or you might want to be um, someone who talks about leadership and inspire other people to be better leaders. You know, there's so many different topics that people want to talk about. So tie it to heart. But you start at the top, like get your... C-suite activated. Yep. The industrial revolution started at the bottom when the when the employees sort of got organised. The digital revolution starts from the top. They give employees permission to own their voice. So, um, but everyone everyone's got a voice. So it's not just sitting at the C-suite. It's just the starting point. Right. Um, I want to find out more about your business and what next for you. But first thing we want to do is just take a, a short break. We'll be back right after these messages. 
Have you got a question for Warwick or the guest? Head to getmoresuccess.com or the Facebook page and let us know. Are you enjoying the podcast? We would love a five-star rating. Head to your player of choice and add one for us. Go on. You know you want to. Welcome back. I am here talking with Andrea Edwards, the uh, digital conversationalist. So tell me a bit about your business. And um, so you've done a whole lot of things, as we mentioned before, you work for different organizations and you've set up a couple of different businesses that have failed in crashes and blah, 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 blah. I'm really interested. What have been some of, during the evolution of, of Andrea and the value you're offering, what are some of the key learnings? So if you, what would you tell yourself 20 years ago that you know now? Well, uh, 20 years ago, a lot of the tools that I believe have made me be able to be successful didn't exist, right? Um, so, um, you know, it's like more than 10 years ago, I started blogging. And even though the things were shifting and changing and the failed business and then I had to take a job that wasn't focused in the same area, I kept consistently participating, blogging and talking about the subject that I cared about, which was content marketing as a business transformation tool. So I've never, I never stopped talking and I think um, there's, no, there's no quick wins in this, in this game and I, I know a lot of people think there is and um, there's a lot of show and a lot of flash, but really if you want to be successful, it's about persistence, it's about being consistent, it's about being focused and you never, ever stop. I mean, my husband literally thought I was nuts, right? So for eight years, I'm blogging, I'm talking about stuff and nobody's talking back, nobody, right? Um, so what so keeps you going? Because there's a lot of people I speak to who are like, oh man, I've had a blog or a podcast or a vlog or a whatever the hell it is for a year, two years, they're not getting their readership or listenership up. So what kept you going? Well, I'm really, really stubborn, so I think that helps um, <laughs> for sure. No, but but I really believed in what I was doing, and I I I believe that this is is this is the future of business. It's the future of anyone who wants to have a professional career. You have to have a voice. You have to stand for something. You have to be present. You know, we work out loud today. We're not hiding anymore. If you if anyone thinks that they can just keep doing what they've always done and succeed. I mean, very, very few people are going to succeed. If you stand next to someone who's got 30,000 connections on, on social media that listen to them and you've got none and you guys are going for a job interview, the person with the connections has got to win. But mm. it's got to be, but it's not, like I said, it's not, you know, there's a lot of people out there who are doing the flash and show, right? And that's fine, you know, and it works for them. But from a B2B perspective, because I'm very B2B, um, you know, it, it's serious business and you've got to just keep showing up. And so, and self-belief, um, you know, Seth Godin, who's like the guru of modern marketing, he, he said like probably, probably 10, 12, 15 years ago, every single person on the planet will have a blog, right? Everyone. And I, I, I always thought that that was even before I started blogging. And I thought that was a really interesting idea because if you think about it, like even if you don't literally have a blog, like a WordPress site, you do have a blog with your updates on Facebook. Mm. Um, you post on LinkedIn. So we are all, we, we, we are in this world now. So getting your stake in the ground around where you want to be, or even better, tying it to a dream. I always get people to say, when you're lying under a cloud and you're daydreaming about the future, what is it? Use your digital presence to build towards that dream. Because right. whatever you want, you can get today, but you've got to take, take that step on social media. So you, you started blogging really early on. Is there anything else you wish you'd started doing much earlier? Um, I think back then, because, you know, being out in Asia is 
you know, the revolution really started in the States. So being out in Asia, it was hard. What I didn't, what I didn't find at that time was a champion for me in a senior position. And I think if there's one thing I wish I had stuck with for longer, it was finding my champion because I know that person was out there, that, per- that senior executive that sat there and listened to me and believed in what I was saying. Yep. But at the same time, I don't regret that because I got the opportunity to go inside Microsoft and see what they were doing and understand that. And then I went to a content agency where I got to understand that. I'm the chairman of the Asia Content Marketing Association because of the relationships I built there. So I don't, I don't, I'm, not a, I'm not a huge believer in, in regrets. I mean, mm-hmm. the journey is, you know, there's many paths, right? And you've just got to, you've just got to keep going. It's, it's the Oprah Winfrey, you know, what's the next be- best step you need to take? So I think I just kept taking the next best steps. Um, I think when I see people who are struggling, um, they just, their self-belief needs, needs, a, needs a boost, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so if we can help each other believe in each other, I think that's, that, you know, if someone's doing something great on social media, they're doing a blog, they're doing a podcast like you're doing, your community supporting that. It's not, it's not about making you more successful. It's about helping you believe in what you're doing that it's going to make an impact. Yeah. I don't think we're very good at that mindset. And it's not natural, that mindset. In Australia as well, um, yep. right across Asia. I mean, Americans are great at it. They give you a high five for anything, right? But the rest, <laughs> with the rest of the world, we're not so good at it. We well, in Australia, we have tall poppy syndrome. So if you do yeah, really exactly. well, we're going to hack you down. Exactly. And, you know, I, it's one of the reasons I left Australia nearly 25 years ago. And, and uh, I still struggle with coming back to Australia just for that. Because I think, what's wrong with being successful? What's yeah. wrong with being out there transforming the world and making the world a better place. I mean, why should anyone be cut down? And, and, and often, you know, success is, you know, it's perceived. Like people tell me about my life based on what I do on social media. And I'm like, oh, wow, is that really, is that really how you're seeing me? Okay, mm. all right. It's not really my reality, but it's kind of interesting because I'm, ma- I'm not making anything up. I'm not manufacturing my presence. I'm mm. not, you know, I obviously make sure that I don't have a double chin in photos. But, um, <laughs> you know, like... You know, put that angle up. But you know, but I'm you know, I'm not manufacturing anything. I'm, I'm I don't know. I, I I don't know how not to be real. Being yeah. real is really important to me, right? Yeah. I think that's an Australian sort of quality yeah, too. Yeah. But it's very, it is very you. You are very authentic. What you see is what you get, and that's one of the things I really love about um, some of the posts that you put out there, in particular some of the stuff you're putting out on LinkedIn. So I'm really interested. Um, uh, of late, you've been putting some stuff out there about. Um, the frequency, the, the quality and quantity of, of putting stuff out on social media. And I'd love to hear your thoughts because there's a lot of people out there essentially saying on social media, buy my stuff, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. What are your thoughts on the frequency and, and, and content makeup of what we should be putting on social media? Well, I reckon um, I'm probably getting close to having published a thousand blogs and, and I've got different blogs, right? Um, so I've got my less formal blog. I've got my professional blog and my not professional blog. But um, at some point, I want to bring it all together, like the, my, my, the whole Andrea profile. But I don't think my connections on LinkedIn can quite cope with all of, it, all of me yet. Um, but um, Let's be honest. Sometimes you do have colourful language, don't you? Yes, exactly. And, and, I, and I don't apologise for that. You know? no. um, I have been called a lavender mouth on many occasions. Um, <laughs> And, yeah, but it's, it's, it's I just, I, I think people get a little bit too uptight about stuff. So I try, I try to bring the tone down. Um, <laughs> but you anyway, and me both. Yeah, it's exactly. That's probably what we get on. Yeah. Um, but in, of those thousand blogs, I reckon I have tried to sell 
maybe three times. And, and I'm very, very, very uncomfortable with selling. Um, so, I, you know, I've got all sorts of stuff there that I put there. I've got, I've got my e-learning course live now. Um, and I've discovered since launching my e-learning course, I hate marketing myself because I am marketing myself. So now I'm trying to work out, uh, I've spent all this money putting this e-learning course together. I know it's valuable. I know it's not perfect. But um, I, need, I, need, I need to go out there, you know, and, and like generate something from yeah, it. Yeah. But, um, um, but just I, as a side it. note, if people wanted to check this e-learning course out, where would they find it? Um, the, best, the best place to do, uh, um, it's on um, a platform called Teachable. But um, if, if you just find any of my blogs on LinkedIn, I put links to it at the bottom okay. um, or on my website, andreatedwards.com. Right. Um, but again, I need to, as, as, as you know, I need yeah, to Yeah, so listeners, go website. and check that out now because let's be honest, Andrea's really good at what she does, but she's shit at marketing herself. Yeah, yes, so, exactly. so continue, yeah? But yeah, so, um, so my whole message is about being of service, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm constantly answering questions that I get asked. Like if I, if I, if I do a, a speech or a workshop, you know, there's hundreds of questions. There's never enough time to answer them. And they're, and they're silly little questions. They're small things, right? You know, should I, should I put, publish my blog on LinkedIn and, and, and on my own blog site? You know, and all that sort of stuff, right? And, and I, I want to be able to answer those sort of questions all the time. But the more strategic ones um, are, are what I really care about. And that's what I'm blogging about. And the shouty, shouty stuff. Like, nobody's got time for it. There's so much information in the world. We doubled, we, we created more information in the first decade of this century than has been created in all of human history. And while a lot of that data is uh, 100,000 pictures of the Marina Bay Sands, right, from the same angle, it's mm. still we're creating a massive amount of information. But that is now doubling every two years. Like you think about the amount of that, it's, it's mind-blowing how much information's out yep. there. But equally, more and more people are getting on social media, right? And um, so I've actually reduced my, my presence on, on LinkedIn considerably because there's too much going on. So I spend less time there, but everything that I'm doing, I'm looking for the best information I can possibly find to share. So 80 to 90% of what I do is sharing other people's content that right. I think will be of value. And then probably the final, like not even 10% is my own content that aligns to what I want to be known for. And I yeah. want to be known for this, right? Content marketing, social leadership, employee advocacy. That's so what's your, what's your um, platform of choice where you spread most of your information? Is it LinkedIn? No, no, I, I got very, very different platforms. I mean, I've got multiple Facebook pages. Um, LinkedIn's absolutely critical to me. Uh, my Twitter handle is going absolutely off the charts. Um, I, I love Instagram, but it's not my professional place. I share pictures of my dog in the ocean or my kids. Um, so there's lots of different social media platforms that all serve a different purpose. Uh, Google Plus is, I think, is super important because you've got to tie yourself to Google. It's not about the interaction you get there. It's about the SEO that you're building building yeah. up around your brand. So yeah, yeah. Um, everything I do goes on to Google Plus because that's when I, 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 want, I want to build my brand. But my biggest focus is definitely LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, I'd say right. professionally. Do you ever turn off? Like, you know, being the digital conversationalist, you know, no matter where you go, you're taking the dog for a walk, you take a picture, put it on Instagram, turn it into an inspirational meme or some crap. <laughs> um, do you ever turn off? Do you ever just go, right, we're going to keep the phone at home and for the week we're just going to go somewhere? No, um, no, I don't. Okay. And um, I've been working seven days a week, 24 hours a day, probably feels like, well, not 24 hours because uh, I like my sleep. But um, yeah, for, 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 yeah, I, the, the nine to five work mindset has never been my mindset. Yeah. I, my passion for, for social media is 
I love seeing what people that I know and love and care about. I've lived in five different countries, right? I can see what every, all these amazing people I've met who've touched my life. I can see what they're doing on the professional front. I can see how people's careers are evolving. Um, I, I'm always learning. I'm, I've always been a reader. I've always been a knowledge junkie. Like I'm massively curious, right? My, one of my sons is too terribly annoying quality in a child, but wonderful quality in, in later <laughs> life. So for me, I, I'm, I'm always trying to put the world together. I'm trying to make sense of everything that's going on around the world. So the social media for me isn't isn't some chore. Although I, I do, I mean, trust me, I, I, I get tired of it. I mean, this year for me has been a pretty significant year on that front. Like um, I've stepped back more, and most people wouldn't know, but I've stepped back quite a lot from it because it's, it's, it can be a pretty depressing place. Mm. Um, you know, there's a lot of not, not not so nice things going on in the world, right? Who knows where we're going, right? It's just mm. it's just bloody chaos at the moment. But you know, you know, you know, Singapore had the the, the summit, you know, with Trump and Kim. It just, it just felt, <laughs> it just felt weird. I, yeah. I, I can't, you know, I can't. And I, I'm sort of thinking, if it was Barack Obama standing next to Kim, would I have felt different about that moment? And I don't know. I honestly don't know. If it's a, yeah. So you know, it's a weird time. And but there, but also, there's a lot. I mean, I'm a female blogger. I get trolled by assholes, right? And I'm just like, oh, go away, you small person. Yeah. Um, you know, and and so yeah, I get exhausted by it sometimes. And but. Yeah. But I, I have to keep remembering why I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah. And, you know, I want to change the world. I want, to be one, I, want to, I want to be a person that's out there saying, let's use social media to change the world and make it a better place and lift humanity to the, left, to the next level of consciousness. It's a yeah. big ambition, right? But at the same time, let's transform business. Let's make business more human. And I see the tools, the digital tools, and working out loud as fundamental to that shift. Like, I, so many people are around me, they're focused on... They're focused on like the technology, but it's like it's not the technology that's important. It's what you can do with it. Yeah. So I keep just going back, but I do get tired for sure. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hey, Andrea, thank you so much for your time today. It's been an absolute delight chatting with you. If people want to find out more about you, hire you, go and buy your e-courses, all that sort of fun stuff, what is the best way to get in touch with you? Well, some would say I'm fairly easy to find. Uh, Andrea T. Edwards is, is my professional name. So my Twitter handle, LinkedIn, Facebook page, all Andrea T. Edwards, including my website. So come check it out. Um, I'm not in the game of nonsense, so hopefully people like it. I'm not, you know, I'm not for everyone. Nobody is, right? But, yeah, um, yeah. All right. So andreatedwards.com is a good place to start and uh, all the social media is just search for Andrea T. Edwards. Andrea, thank you so much for your time. Warwick, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. You've been listening to another episode of the Get More Success Show with your host, Warwick Merry. I look forward to your company next time. Thanks for listening to the Get More Success Show with Warwick Merry. Continue the conversation with other successful people over at getmoresuccess.com. That's where you'll find all the show notes as well as a link to our Facebook group that we'd love for you to join. GetMoreSuccess.com is also where you'll find all the information you need to connect with me, your host, Warwick Merry. Thanks for listening, and until next time, enjoy your success. <laughs>